All right, well, let's look to the Lord now and lift these things to him because uh, he cares for us. Lord, you've told us uh, to cast all our cares upon you because you really care for us. And, uh, Father, as, as sinners, as those who uh, disappoint you and break your heart every day, and uh, that you would still love us unconditionally, and that love never uh, increases or decreases, uh, is, is just amazing, Lord. What amazing love. Lord, help us to uh, live a life out of that love that you have for us, that we would love others as Christ loves the church and uh, gave himself for it. Lord, help us to, to not be so selfish, self-centered, but to just be rejoicing uh, in our salvation, to be, rejoice, O oh Lord, uh, because we know you uh, by faith, Lord, we trust you. And Lord, you've done all of this for us and in us. And now you desire to use us. So encourage us. Lord, it's so easy to become down and, and uh, despondent and, and uh, full of worry and fears and uh, problems and, and all of that uh, we see in the world. But Lord, help us to be like Paul in prison. Uh, who is encouraging Timothy uh, to stand and take a stand for you. And Lord, that's for us as well. Uh, that, that same admonition is for us. And so Lord, help us to, to hear from you, not only to be hearers, but doers of your word as you work in us. Help us to be sensitive uh, to the uh, uh, your Holy Spirit, who is uh, working in us, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. And Lord, we give you all the, all the praise and, and all the glory. And Lord, we lift up to you uh, these uh, requests that have been brought uh, before us this morning. We, we think of Wilda and, and, and Jimmy. And uh, Lord, I pray uh, for Jimmy and, and for Wilda as they physically many times cannot make it here. I just pray that you would heal them and strengthen them and encourage them. And for Betty, Lord, uh, uh, we just uh, uh, pray that you would uh, encourage her heart as well, uh, that she uh, uh, would have relief from her pain. And, and Lord, I know how it is to, to not be able to do what uh, you used to do and uh, Lord, I pray for Nick as he ministers to his mother and just uh, encourage his heart and, and give him strength and love. And uh, so we also pray for uh, little uh, Whitley and, uh, and for Josh and, and uh, Chelsea Henderson that, Lord, you would uh, just encourage them as well. They may find real peace in Christ as they... Uh, are just going through so much with this little child. Also for uh, for Vic and Don as well, who are uh, as he uh, recovers from this uh, bypass surgery, 
and just be with his wife as she ministers to him and may he have a full recovery and uh, Lord we pray for uh, Gail uh, and, and Lord I, I'm so thankful that we can just share our hearts with each other and uh, we can uh, ask for, for prayer and uh, that we just can be an open book before you and each other because you desire us to be. And uh, so, Lord, just lift up Gail and heal her. Uh, we just simply ask, Lord, because we're powerless to do that, but you are not powerless. You're the all-powerful, almighty God, and you can do the impossible. And uh, for Andrew and Amelia, as, as they look forward to the mission field as far as the, uh, where they should go, just direct their paths. And for Lily, and who is going to, to be with her parents, and Lord, as they're not believers, I, I just pray, God, that you would give her a, a great love for them and a desire to see them come to know you and be a real light to them as she's there. And uh, so, Lord, encourage our heart. Lord, we all need encouragement. We all need, Lord, uh, the working of your Holy Spirit uh, empower us, O oh Lord. And as we look now into your word, help us to be encouraged uh, by what Paul has to say to Timothy because he's saying it to us as well. And we ask this, uh, uh, Lord, uh, in Jesus' name. But Lord, before we close, I, I, I pray for our country has already been prayed for and for our president. And so, uh, God, have mercy on our nation. Bring a great revival uh, in, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All righty. In 2 Timothy, I'm in Psalm still. 2 Timothy chapter 2. In verses uh, 7 through 13. Well, last week we started a message. It was how to keep from despairing when you're in a dungeon. And uh, uh, I talked about uh, a lot of the dungeons that we get in we're, are self-made. Uh, the dungeon of fear, dungeons of worry, dungeon, dungeons of all kinds that we build and uh, get in and even feel comfortable in the dungeon sometime. Uh, and, uh, but Paul is in the dungeon, and he's not despairing uh, because he knows his Lord is going to uh, have his perfect will in his life, and we should have that same confidence. Uh, Paul, though, knows that uh, he will never be free again, and yet he will be free again. Uh, when he is with his Lord, he'll be totally free. But uh, So he wants to encourage Timothy, and he wants to encourage us. And Timothy, as all of us, face a rough time. Uh, life is not easy. Uh, it's fun. Uh, there are great pleasures, but with life also becomes uh, some depressing things, some, some trials and tribulations, and, and you know what I'm talking about. You've been through them, or you're going through them right now. But so, Paul paints a picture of what we're to be like, and he says in chapter 1, we talked about being a good steward, 
And a good steward is to guard the gospel, guard God's word, not only to guard it, uh, uh, but to pass it on to others. And uh, uh, so they can, in turn, pass it on to others. And also he talked about in verse 4 of chapter 2, be a good soldier who does not get entangled in the affairs of this life, uh, but uh, wants to please his uh, commanding officer who is Christ and desires to obey him. Also, we saw that we're to be like an athlete in verse 5 of 2, involved in self-discipline and one who obeys the rules of the game. So this is how we are all to conduct ourselves. He is to be a hard-working farmer in verse 6. That's how we're to be like. And it comes down to, as we talked about, self-denial. Self-denial because they're suffering. They're suffering in in all of these things. Being a farmer or a a soldier, there is suffering. And uh, we must deny ourselves, take up the cross, and follow Christ. And so, how can Paul be up when he should be down? Uh, when his attitude should be one of sadness, it's full of gladness. And, uh, yeah, and, and that's what I saw in, in the Africans. And I'll say that again, and probably we'll say it some more, because that was such an overwhelming thing, that these people who have nothing were giving their shirts off their back to me uh, because my clothes hadn't come in. And most of them have two or three or four shirts. That's amazing, see. That's amazing. Uh, but they had an, a positive attitude. And uh, they weren't focusing on what they didn't have. They were focusing on what... Really on who they had. Amen. They had Christ. And he was real and alive. Many of them had come out of uh, demon possession and voodoo and all sorts of evil. And so he was real to them. And so how do you keep from despairing? Uh, First of all, in verse 7, Paul says, reflect and consider the truth. Meditate on it. Make it a part of you. Apply it to your life. God will illuminate you, he says. And then in verse 8, remember Jesus Christ. Uh, Remember that we have victory in Christ. Uh, And that's why, of course, we take communion. It's to remember uh, the death uh, of Christ, the burial and the resurrection of Christ, that he uh, has defeated death. All of these are pictures for us to remember. Also, in verse 8, that Christ was raised from the dead. He is alive. He is alive. He's raised from the dead. And that he is with us with what we are going through. He was the son of God. So he is with me in my dungeon. Because he himself went through dungeons. And uh, we saw also in verse 8 that he is the seed of David. Uh, He was a man. And uh, as a man, he went through what we go through. And he is risen and reigning as king in control 
of everything. And that's, uh, I'll, I'll repeat this verse, a part of what I said last week. He says in 1 Timothy 6, he says that, that you keep the commandments without stain or reproach and the appearing of our Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the proper time who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And Paul knew his Savior. He knew his Lord. He knew his King. And he was living for him. He was was, uh, also, 1 Peter 3, 22 says, who is at Christ, who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers had been subjected to him. He is there now reigning. So Jesus then is risen and reigning. R and R. He is our rest and relaxation. We talk about R and R. So now when you hear about Someone says, I'm going on R&R. Oh, you're going to think about the risen and reigning Christ, are you? Because that's where our strength comes from. And that's why we can go on ahead. And then we saw in verse 9 that we uh, uh, can go through this suffering because the word of God is not chained. Uh, Paul uh, knew that the word was getting out. He knew that the letters that he was writing were going forth. And uh, uh, he remembered this, that the word of God is not chained. And uh, also, uh, last week I didn't cover this point because of time. And also, just because I knew I was going to continue this message, we see in verse 10... Uh, Paul is concerned about seeing the elect saved. He said in verse 10 of 2 Timothy 2, For this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, or the elect, so that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus, and with it eternal glory. It is a trustworthy statement for If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And so I want to look at these 10, 11, 12, and 13 this morning and just apply that. And again, this whole thing that uh, we've been talking about is for our encouragement. Okay, that's what we're talking about, is being encouraged in the Lord uh, when things around us seem to be falling apart. Paul is concerned about seeing the elect saved, the chosen ones. Uh, It's interesting, uh, in, in Acts chapter 18, in verses 9 through 11, and the Lord said to Paul in the, night by a vision, do not be afraid any longer. See, this is, this is what the Lord is telling us too. Because what he told Paul, he's telling us. But go on speaking and do not be silent. For I am with you. 
and no man will attack you in order to harm you. For I have many people in this city, not just possibly, I have many people. There are elect ones here is what God is telling him. There are those in this city that I'm going to save. And he settled there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. And this, of course, was Corinth. And uh, so he stayed longer in order to see God's people saved. Very clearly here. And he says, I will protect you. And uh, now why did Paul endure all things for the elect's sake? Why did he endure all things for the elect's sake? Because God really does save. Isn't that encouraging? See, God really does save. Uh, There will be fruit from your labor. A lot of times we think people don't listen, uh, nothing's being done, we give them the word and it just seems to go right over their head. Uh, But the truth is, no, there will be those who will respond. There are those that are going to actually hear what you say. We've already experienced that with Stuart and Ben's witnessing to Stuart. God opened Stuart's heart. Ben doesn't take any credit for that, but he encouraged, he talked to him, he was a friend to him, and he led him to Christ. Hallelujah. Does Ben get the credit? Absolutely not, you see. And, and I'm not saying that, and he knows that, uh, to brag on him. But the point is, God will use you wherever you are and uh, whatever you're doing. Because your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So we have here with Paul sovereignty and man's responsibility. There were people in that city. God's people. God's elect. And so God told him, preach there. I'm going to protect you. And guess what? There are those who are elect that you're going to speak to that are going to be saved. Not possibly, but that's going to really happen, Paul. And uh, because God had chosen ones there, he protected Paul. You know, uh, we don't know who God's elect are. If we did, we'd just go talk to just them, right? Why fool with the rest? But we don't know. You know, it's kind of like going fishing. If I, if I built a lake, okay, a great big nice lake, and I hadn't, and they had just finished it, and I said, well, let's go fishing. You'd say, well, there are no fish in that lake. I'd be wasting my time, and you would be. But if I had stocked that lake, and it had been several years, and, and now the brim were going to be a pound, and the bass were going to be, you know, who knows? Would you want to go fishing? Why? They're fishing the lake. And so that's what Paul is saying. Be encouraged, Timothy. They're fishing the lake. Not possible. They're the elect that you're going to speak to that's going to actually respond to you. And uh, it's like two wings of a bird. You don't have... a. a uh, one wing is sovereignty, the other wing is responsibility. 
And so the bird flies. If you have just one without the other, the bird doesn't fly. It's like Andrew in Sunday school mentioned the boat. If you row just with one oar, you're going to go in a circle. No. It takes sovereignty of God, yes, because he's doing the work, but he uses you to carry it out, you see. That's responsibility. So don't get those two. Uh, Election doesn't remove responsibility. But God really uses you uh, as, as you talk to people. And by the way, it gives you a reason to witness. Not a reason not to witness. A lot of people have used election as a reason not to witness. Well, I'm telling you, it's a reason to witness because there's a multitude out there that no man can number. That's a reason to witness. Because if not, it would be possible to go and no one gets saved. But we have a promise, no, there will be those that will respond. And so that's exciting. Uh, God saves people by your witnessing to them. Now, (laughs) he does the work, but he's using you. He's using you as you witness to them. And so a reason to witness. In other words, God not only ordains the ends, but the means to the end. Okay? So you can't throw away either one of them. It's really what? Paul said it very clear in 1 Corinthians 1, 21 through 24. He says, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the what? Ah, foolishness? Yeah. That's what he says because Why would anybody get saved through the foolishness of preaching? Because that's what God has chosen in order to save man. It's the foolishness of preaching. And that doesn't mean just from this pulpit. Uh, It's the foolishness of the message preached. In other words, you can be used by God one-on-one. And he says, the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed... Jews ask for signs and Greeks search for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are the called, see, to those who are the elect, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God, they're going to respond. That gives you a reason to witness. Because God's going to use you. And it won't be you. It's going to be the word that, he, uh, that they hear. And God's going to use that to open their hearts and draw them. To, so uh, don't ever listen to that argument. Well, everybody's elected, so I don't have to go tell them. That's a cop-out. One is true. They are elected. But the other one is, no, God uses me to witness to them. And so... Uh, uh, be thankful for that. God will use you. Uh, you know, you might say, well, God can't use me. Uh, yes, he can use you. you say, well, I have trouble talking to people. So do I. <laughs> we all do. We have our fears and our doubts and our uh, inadequacies and all of that. But God desires to use us. Let me say this. 
you can pray for somebody, can't you? Are you, are you so afraid that you can't pray for them? You see, that's just a, a cop-out. No, that would be silly to say that. Well, no, God hears your prayers. That's why you pray. Uh, God will use you. Uh, let me ask you this. Who are you praying for right now? Well, I know this is starting to stomp toes here, but who is on your heart that you've been praying for their salvation right now? Anybody? Ten people? A hundred people? Or is it, I don't care, I don't care. I'm glad somebody cared about me and spoke to me. Father French did that. He, he showed me Christ. And I'm so thankful for that. He, he reached out to me. So who are you witnessing to right now? Who's on your heart right now? See, this is, Paul's getting down to where we live here. And he's telling Timothy, this is serious business. Verse 10 not only that, notice in verse 10 of, of 2, he says, focus on eternal glory. It's really interesting. What do you mean focus on eternal glory? How can that encourage us? In other words, he's saying, see the value of eternity. Amen. Don't you realize this is not our home? I mean, we're going to all die. <laughs> and hopefully we're going to all go to a better place. Uh, because we are going to die. And so we can either focus on our present problems or we can, like Paul could have just been, oh, I'm in a dungeon, poor me, woe is me. Uh, but he didn't, you see. No, he didn't focus on his problems. He was focusing on Christ. Because he knew when he died, he was going to be with his wonderful Lord. So there's no reason to ever fear anything because if we die, we're going to see Jesus, which is far better than staying here. Uh, that'll tell you a lot about yourself. How fearful are you? Uh, you shouldn't be fearful at all. Uh, uh, somebody said, pursue eternal promises. Pursue Eternal promises. What does that first letter of each word? It's pep, P-E-P. That will give you pep. Pursue eternal promises or purposes. Not on this life. Pep. It gives you pep. It will pep you up. And this is what Paul, I think, is, is telling uh, Timothy here. Pursue eternal promises. Promises. 1 Corinthians 15, 42 through 49. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body. It is raised an imperishable body. Are you looking forward to that? See, that's an eternal promise. Betty Blakeney uh, is going to uh, be in a place where there's no more pain or sorrow. And she's going to... Uh, not have a new body yet, that will come in the future. But she's going to be with her Lord where there's perfect peace. And so Paul is saying, look, forget about this life. 
Forget about it. It's just not worth what the eternal promises that we have. He says, and, and it's uh, uh, sown in dishonor. It is raised in what? Whoa. Isn't that what we're reading here? Eternal glory? It's raised in glory. Are you focused on that? Are you focused on that? Are you focused on all your aches and pains right now? Not that we shouldn't be. And by the way, pain is a good thing. Have you ever thought about that? God gave us pain. That's a good thing. Why? Because we'd never know if we were sick or not. You would die of a gallbladder problem because it never would hurt. And you'd never go get it taken care of. Pain is a good thing. See, God is good. We talked about it on Wednesday night. God is always good in everything that he does. Uh, but anyway, uh, we won't read the, the rest of that. But, uh, but anyway, life is more than just this, this body, this life. And then, lastly, remember, uh, he says, the experience of all Christians. And he goes now and he says, it is a trustworthy statement or a faithful statement. For if we died with him, we will also live with him. And uh, if we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us, which is a verse that's been uh, battered about. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. We find this word trustworthy uh, in five times in the New Testament, and they're all in the pastoral epistles of First and Second Timothy, and also uh, Titus. It it introduces a uh, a truth that is commonly believed. It's thought that maybe this couplet was a song at one time, or even part of a creed. We don't really know for sure, but Paul says this is a trustworthy statement. This is truth, he says. And the two couplets, the first couplet is verse 11 through 12a, which says uh, it is a trustworthy statement uh, for if we died with him, we also live with him. And what goes with it is if we endure, we will also reign with him. And the rest of it is the remaining part. One is death to life. That's the first couplet. And the other one is enduring uh, to reign with him. And so this again, Paul is saying to, to, to Timothy to encourage. What does it mean if we died with him? And... This has been battered about as well. But I think in the context, Paul is talking about suffering. He is talking about his going to die and all the sufferings and the tribulations and so forth. But don't focus on that, but focus on Christ. And uh, I think he's really talking about the cross. I think he's... It's, it's the idea of taking up your cross and following Christ, denying yourself, dying to yourself, and uh, living to his glory. In other words, following him. 
I think this is what Paul is getting at here. Because Paul certainly took up the cross. He died for what he believed. And uh, so this is, is, he went through suffering. And we also will go through suffering. Uh, and of course we have today Christians who want to be Christians uh, without taking up their cross, dying to self, and living unto God. They want the ticket to heaven, but they don't want what it costs to get there. And what it costs to get there is when you become a, a real believer, there will be persecution. There will be trials, tribulations. There will be uh, Lily going to see her parents where they're going to probably say something to her that's going to hurt and so forth, you see. So, no, being a follower of Christ, Paul says, there's going to be trials, tribulations, and all that, uh, uh, that goes with it. And so, we must commit our lives. Remember, uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, if, we conf- if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord or King of your life, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth confesses, resulting in salvation. So there's, a, there's this whole matter of trusting Christ as Lord. He is, he is your king. He is uh, your Lord. He is the one who you live for, that you desire to glory. In, in, in your life. And so I think, again, Paul is uh, telling Timothy that uh, we live with Christ now. Uh, Christ is the hope of our glory now. Not just when you get to heaven, but now, he says. What does it mean? If we endure, we will also reign with him. Patient endurance. To stand one's ground in affliction and persecution and, uh, and suffering that we all go through. And he said, well, you know, uh, my feelings were hurt. Let me say, keep enduring. He said, my heart is aching because of what they said. Keep enduring. But I'm depressed today, Lord. Yes, but keep going, he says. Is there any Christian, is there such a thing as a Christian who has never suffered or been persecuted for Christ's sake? Absolutely not. There is no such creature. If you're Christ, you're going to go through trials and tribulations and persecutions and all of that. But Paul says, endure. If you endure, if you're a real Christian, you will endure, and then you're going to reign with him. Wow. That's pretty good. Uh, that's a good trade, isn't it? Uh, uh, because people are going to throw words at you. They're going to raise their eyebrows. They're going to criticize you. And uh, it's part of the territory of being a Christian. Part of the territory. When will we reign with him? I don't think it's only in heaven, but I think it's right now. Christ is reigning where? In here. Where is Christ king? In here. 
in his children. He's ruling and reigning in our hearts. If you're a real believer, he is your Lord. He is the one you're serving. He is the one uh, that we look to. In Romans 8, 37 through 39, and that's why we're more than conquerors. For in all these things, we are overwhelmingly, uh, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. We conquer through him. He's our Lord. Uh, he is reigning. We need to realize he is reigning. He is, he is watching over us because of who he is, and he's our Lord. It, uh, this is, I think, what Paul is, is, is telling Timothy here. Uh, we can have victory over sin now. We can have victory over sin now. We can have uh, victory over sin's domination now. We can have victory over Satan now. If we resist him, he will flee from us, the scripture says. Uh, We can have victory over death now. We reign with him. We reign with him. And uh, this is what Paul again is telling Timothy. He is my king. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. And uh, that's now. That's now. And you can uh, uh, trust him. In verse 12, we have the... uh, The warning. We have the warning. And... If we endure, we will also reign with him. That's that end of the first couplet, second couplet. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Is there anybody here who has never denied the Lord? None of us can say that. Peter denied the Lord. But what did Peter do? He repented. He saw his sin. So he's not saying if we deny the Lord once or occasionally, or we stumble, we fall, we sin. Yeah, we deny Him. We deny Him every day. But uh, this, I think, is uh, not what He's saying here. I think this is a final kind of denial, a denial where there's no repentance. Uh, it's giving evidence that you have never been a real Christian. Uh, there is evidence that there has never been a real conversion of the heart. We deny him. And there are those that have lived for Christ. It seems like all their life, at the very end of it, they say, uh, I don't want any part of him anymore. It doesn't mean that they've lost their salvation. It just means that they never knew him. They never knew him. And uh, And so in verse... 13, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Uh, in, in one verse, though, I did want to point out uh, from Matthew 10, 33, it says, But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father is in heaven. And so see, Jesus here, Peter repented and was forgiven. 
So he's not talking about when we fail him, when we deny him. Uh, and we do that, we deny him every time we don't speak out for him to somebody. We're denying him, uh, whatever it is. And so he says that uh, uh, denial is somebody who says, I'm, I'm done. I deny Christ. I'm not following him anymore. And the, and the problem with that is anymore. No, they never did follow Christ. It's not anymore. No, he never really was real to them. He was never reigning and ruling in their heart. Uh, so in verse 13, in the context, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Now this is one of those real difficult, what is he saying, if we are faithless? I don't, say, I don't think he's saying here, if we from time to time show a lack of faith. But if we are faithless, which means no faith at all, somebody who is faithless doesn't have real genuine faith, God remains faithful by doing what? Bringing judgment on them for denying him. You see? So, uh, I think that's really what Paul is saying. If we are faithless, that is, we don't have any faith at all, God remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. What that means is he isn't going to change his mind. Those who have denied him, who are lost, who are faithless, he will deny them. No, he ain't going to change his mind at the end and say, well, you know, I said, you know, if you rejected me, uh, if you denied me, if you didn't trust me, uh, you, weren't, you wouldn't make it, but okay, I changed my mind. No, he is faithful to do what he says he's going to do, which is to judge those that don't know him. So what can we take from that? He's going to also be faithful in what? To those who are his. To those who have not denied him. You see what I'm saying? And so this is what Paul is encouraging Timothy. Is He's saying, look, what you need to do is fix your eyes on Jesus. Look to Christ. Look to Christ. Remember Christ and what he has done for you. Believe Believe what he's done for you. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. It comes down to belief. It comes down to believing this. And Paul believed it and it changed his life. He did not focus on his problems. He did not focus on what was going on. He focused on Christ. He remembered. He remembered Christ. And what he had done for him, that he, he had died for him, that he was raised for him, that he is uh, at the right hand of God ruling and reigning. He's in total control. That encouraged Paul. And now uh, we must do the same. We must do the same. Uh, we must be encouraged. Uh, because these are promises of God, and God will keep His promises. God, remember, God is a promise keeper. We're promise breakers, but He keeps His covenants. He keeps His promises. And so, be encouraged is what 
I encourage you uh, this morning. He will never deny his promises. Uh, let's, uh, let's look to the Lord now as we uh, just bow our, our heads and our hearts to him. Uh, there might be something uh, in your life that, that you need to confess right now. It may be that uh, you've, you've kept your eyes on problems that you're going through, on, on trials and tribulations. You may be uh, feeling sorry for yourself. You may be full of fear, uh, worry, doubts. What is it right now that you're experiencing in your life? Are you really experiencing the joy of the Lord as your strength? The joy that He rejoices over you? And He does. He rejoices over you if you're His child this morning. Uh, because He loves you. He wants to encourage you. He wants you to live the Christian life to His glory. Uh, and so I would ask, confess right now. Confess your sin to him of how you have failed in this way. And then be encouraged. Be encouraged. Uh, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Father, this morning as we just uh, wait before you, O oh Lord, uh, Lord, we all confess and I confess how I uh, focus on the problems of this world. I focus on uh, the trials and the tribulations that I'm going through. I, I focus on what people say about me, uh, my hurts, and all of these things that, that uh, we struggle with. But Lord, I pray uh, that we'd be like Paul in prison who's rejoicing. He's looking to eternity. He's looking to be in your presence forever, forever, forever. God, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. Uh, and Lord, give us greater faith and trust you more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.